Welcome to the Living Room Podcast. The Living Room is the college ministry at Buckhead Church in Atlanta, Georgia. For more information, you can check out the Living Room ATL on Instagram. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy this talk. Amen. Hey, what's up, fam? How y'all feel tonight? Everybody good? Awesome. Awesome. Well, hey, if we've never gotten the opportunity to meet, my name is Matt and I get to lead the living room here at Buckhead Church. And I'm really excited for tonight because tonight we're beginning this brand new three-part series called Riz, Roses, and Red Flags. I'm just going to be up front with you. It's a three-week series and uh, we're going to talk about a lot throughout this series, but it's three weeks and this is a big topic. Like it literally says, a modern guide to navigating love, sex, and dating. We can't cover everything in three weeks with that type of topic, but we're going to cover a lot. So with that um, being said, I really just want to dive right in tonight because we got a lot of ground to cover over the next 28 or so minutes, and uh, I think we can do it, but I need to uh, dive right in, and I need to start by asking you uh, a few questions. And so the first question I'd love to ask, and I'd appreciate your honesty tonight and all throughout this series, um, the first question I want to ask is, hey, uh, how would you rate your Riz game? Like, how would you rate your Riz? You know what I'm saying? Okay. I heard a six. <laughs> I hear some sevens. Not hearing any nines or tens. I don't know. Maybe that's in the balcony. Could be, could be cool. Um, would the person next to you, would they agree? Like, would they agree with your rating? Maybe, maybe not. Okay. Uh, the next question I have is, is um, are rosters okay? Are rosters... <laughs> Are they okay? I, I don't know. I'm trying to get educated right now. Like there's hundreds of you in this space and I need to know from Gen Z, are rosters okay? Cause I've been hearing a lot about them. Some of you are like, what's a roster? If you don't know, ask the people talking around you what a roster is. Um, I got another question. What are the biggest red flags in relationships? Like what are your biggest Red flags, okay? Maybe you got some responses there. And then he can't cook. That could be a red flag. My wife would have had a huge red flag for me if that was her standard. Um, I got one more question, one more question as we get started. Uh, where do you get the majority of your dating advice? Like where, where do you get it from? TikTok? Seems like a, a, a credible source. Um, maybe Instagram? Yeah, maybe a podcast, you said. That could be good, depending on what podcast. Maybe YouTube, maybe Friends. I don't know. Here's what I have seen. Here's what I have observed, is that when it comes to love, sex, and dating, and when it comes to where we get our information, where we get our dating advice from, is that there's a whole lot of different perspectives. Can I get an amen? amen? Like, yeah. There's a lot of different viewpoints, a lot of different lenses that people see love, sex, and dating through. Like even just in those few questions, my guess is you learn some people or some things about the people sitting around you. Like you're like, hold up, what? You said that's where you get your dating advice from? Wait, your Riz is what? Like, hold hold on, you got a roster? Wait, your red flag, you said what's a red flag? Like, wait, that's a red flag? No, this is a red flag. Like there's even just in those moments, you were probably thinking to yourself, man, I thought I had it figured out, but there's a lot of different 
perspectives. People see love, sex, and dating a lot of different ways. In fact, I, I need to try to illustrate this and I, I'm gonna do this quick and I'm taking a risk, but I need three people, okay? Three people who are currently wearing glasses, okay? You have glasses on, they're prescription glasses, not like fake glasses, prescription. Yeah, come on up, come on up. Uh, yeah, you right here, come on up. I'm trying to get people close. I need a guy, I need one guy. Yeah, come on, Jalen, come on, come on up. All right. Yeah, yeah, y'all just come on to center stage, center stage. We're gonna make this quick. I just need to illustrate uh, where we're going throughout this series. Um, thank you for coming up. Thank you for coming up. You're coming. All right, all right. So I'm wearing contacts currently, but I sometimes wear glasses, so I'm gonna put these on. So here's the thing. I noticed something. I noticed when y'all walked up here, none of y'all tripped. Those are some steps, it's dark over there, but you didn't trip, you got up here, you feel pretty good. Everything looked good to y'all. Like you can see that screen, you can, you can see, you say hi to the camera, yeah, y'all yeah, see all that, okay? Everything looks good, it looks clear. Like you can see everything, okay. That's because the glasses you're wearing, the prescription that you have, like it, it fits your lens, right? Like it, it's what you need. Um, so here's what we're gonna do. It, let's see, it looks good for me too. Y'all are like, oh, okay, Matt, wear glasses more. You know? um, no, no, I, I, yeah, these look clear to me. These feel good. Here's what we're gonna do now. We're gonna, we're gonna change them up, all right? So, so switch glasses. Here you go, here you go, Jay. It's cool, it's cool, just make it work. Yeah, yeah, now look through these glasses and tell me how it looks now, okay? Whoa, Jalen, my, my guy, bro. I can't see a thing. In fact, I feel like I'm about to fall over. I feel very discombobulated, Jalen. I need these back. Yeah, y'all can take them back. Okay, you said what? She's blind. She's, oh, she's blind. <laughs> so here, here's, what, here's what I need you to see from the start of this series, is that when you took someone else's glasses, things now change, things look blurry, things were unclear, you felt, like thrown off, you were discombobulated. You were even a little bit angry. You're like, you're blind, you know? <laughs> like it felt weird. Here's what I've observed when it comes to love, sex, and dating. It seems as though there are as many perspectives as there are prescriptions. Amen. That it feels like, y'all can take a seat. Y'all can take a seat. We gotta, we gotta keep going. It feels like when it comes to love, sex, and dating, there's as many perspectives, as many lenses that people see this conversation through as there are prescriptions for eyeglasses. And what looks good to you, what looks clear to you, what makes sense to you, what you're like, man, this is how you navigate this world of love, sex, and dating. To the other person, they're like, you're crazy. What are you seeing? What are you reading? What are you looking at? So it's no wonder that this world of dating feels a bit complicated. It's no wonder that it feels blurry. It's no wonder we have questions. It's no wonder you're like, is there a guy on planet earth that's worth dating? Hold up guys, I'm not just gonna throw y'all under the bus all series. Guys, it's no wonder you're like, are there still some girls who I should look at? He said, thank you. Here's the vision for this series, y'all. Here's where we're headed. The goal of this series, hear me on this. The goal of this series, honestly, from heart to heart, it's not for everyone to break up with their significant other. I already know that there's some dude who walked in the room and you're like, bro, I don't like this because I feel like by the end of tonight, my you know, significant other is gonna break up with me. It already seems like it's going in that direction. That's not the goal. Some of y'all, that that should happen, but that's not the goal. That's not the goal. The goal, hold up. The goal is we wanna help you date well. 
And we're not the experts, I'm not the expert. But I, I hope that this series will help you date well. I hope that this series will help you have healthy relationships. Because here's what's true, we don't want him or her to be your greatest regret, we don't. Dating is supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be life-giving. Breakups will hurt, but they don't have to break you. Sex is a really good thing, but there's a better sexual ethic. We'll talk about this next week. There is a better sexual ethic than what culture is currently selling you. And being single, being single doesn't mean that something is wrong with you. That's just an overview. Like that's a really quick flyby of where we're headed in this series. So I hope you can make every single week because that's where we're going. And ultimately, can I just say this? Ultimately, the, the main goal above all is we want, I want you to, to start to see or to continue to see the word of God as your ultimate source of wisdom and truth when it comes to navigating the world of love, sex, and dating. I, I remember not long ago, I was talking to a young adult and they're not in this room, so none of you need to worry. Uh, but I was talking to this person and I was like, hey, like, how have you been? And they're like, good. And I'm like, you dating anybody? Cause I, I knew they were single. And they're like, oh, I've been going on a few dates, you know, like hinge dates and stuff like that. And like, you know, met a couple people and some of them were just no good. Like the date, date didn't go well. Some of them, I, I thought there was potential and it felt like it was gonna go somewhere. We went on like two or three dates, but then it didn't work out. And so, yeah, I'm still single and I realized something after the conversation that every person that this person was talking about, whether they were good, bad, whether they felt like there was potential or there wasn't, it ultimately all ended up coming back to, well, that person just didn't communicate well. That person didn't really ask many good questions. They talked a lot about themselves. That person just kind of ended it. I'm not really sure. It all focused around the other person. And isn't it so true that we often do this? We often skip a very important piece of the dating equation. In fact, it's the common denominator to every relationship you've ever been in. We often focus on who, and that matters. We're gonna talk about that, who matters. But you know the piece we normally skip, it's this right here, it's you. You love to skip you when you're talking about your relationships. Well, this is what they need to work on. This is why it didn't work out. This is why I'm hopeful it could work out, but they need to figure it out. I hope they're in counseling. I hope they show up to Riz Roses and Red Flags part one. I got to study, so I won't be there, but they definitely should be there. And if they can't make it, I'm going to send them the link. Bet on that, you know? <laughs> you have been a part of every relationship you've ever been in. You've been a part of every breakup you've ever experienced. You've been a part of all the drama. I'm not saying it's been your fault, but you've been a part of it. You've been there for it all. And tonight's dating conversation, the start of this series, it starts with some personal evaluation. And let me just say this from the top. I realize that not all of you in the room are currently dating and not all of you in the room have any intentions of dating anytime in the near future. Some of you are like, I don't know if I ever wanna date. So I guess this conversation's not for me. I guess I'll just check out. Can I just encourage you, don't. Don't check out, I'm not saying don't date. Don't check out of this conversation because I think that where we're going tonight and in this series, it can be really helpful in the context of all of your relationships, even if it's not a dating relationship. And so I wanna ask you a couple questions tonight. And the first question I wanna ask you is this, why do you wanna date? 
Like, why do you want to date? For some of you, you're like, cause I wanna get that MRS degree, Matt. Like I'm trying to get a ring on my finger. Misses, in case you missed it. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> a lot of you missed it, woo! <laughs> uh, maybe some of you are like, no, no, no. Here's the thing, Matt, it's just, it's fun. Like that's why I wanna date because it's fun to date. I get it. Or you're like, that's what you do in college. Or maybe you're like, well, I'm dating because I possibly want to get married one day. I don't know if this is the person I'm going to marry, but I possibly want to get married one day. So you got to date in order to get married. And I get all that, but let's just dig a little bit deeper. Like what are your primary motivations when it comes to pursuing a dating relationship? And here's why this question is so important to consider and an important question to answer. It's because of this right here. Many look to dating to get what dating was never meant to give. Y'all, many people look to dating. They look to him or to her to fill a void or an insecurity that that person could never and were never meant to fulfill in your life. <laughs> Thank you, bro. <laughs> for some, for some of you, the reason that you wanna date, honestly, it might be that you feel like it'll make you feel whole or to fill a void of wanting to be wanted. Or maybe you don't like the person that you see when you look in the mirror and you feel like a relationship will, it will satisfy your insecurities. It'll make you feel different about yourself or it'll give you affirmation. It'll validate your worth. It'll increase your confidence. Or maybe for you, it's the comparison game. Like you're just sick and tired of every Monday, like thinking back on the weekend and being like, well, I didn't really do much, but my friends did, they were out with their boo and they got a nice meal paid for and that was cool. Like, I'm tired of that. I'm tired of being the single friend that everyone's like, hey, you can come, but you're gonna be number seven, you know? So you'll have to find your own seat. Like you're tired of that. Maybe for you, it's an identity thing. Like maybe you're not even sure who you are if you were single because the last time you were single was like the fifth grade. And, and, and you don't really want to find out who you'd be if you weren't in a relationship. Now, let me clarify something real quick, okay? Dating is not the enemy, hear me on that. And in a dating relationship, you should feel affirmed. That person should increase your confidence. When Anne, my wife, when she encourages me, it fills me up. Oh, <laughs> we don't need that. But our deepest, here's what I'm saying, our deepest human needs of purpose, identity, and worth will never be fully and finally fulfilled by a boyfriend or a girlfriend or even a husband or a wife. They won't. And when you look to dating, when you look to a relationship, when you look to another person to give you what they were never meant to give, Here's what you'll get in return, because you'll get some things in return when you approach a relationship, when you approach dating that way. What you'll get in return is this, you'll, you'll get hurt. You'll get hurt because that person, no matter how great they might be, no matter, no matter how incredible you think they are, like, man, this is the right person. This, this person, like I'm telling you, they're the one. Well, that person is not perfect and that person is certainly going to let you down at some point. And so you'll get hurt and eventually they'll get hurt too. And it's because unrealistic expectations can lead to unimaginable hurt. So if you have unrealistic expectations on another person, on a relationship, then eventually you're gonna get hurt and so will they. The second thing you'll get is this, you'll, you'll get used to using people. Let me, let me just, let me expound on this a little bit. 
This is why for some of you, for some of you, like you're in a relationship with someone and they thought it was serious, but then after a few weeks or a few months, the relationship ended and that person was hurt, but you just were like, oh, thank you, next. You moved on. Why? Because that person was just a placeholder until you found the next person that you thought would fulfill your needs, your desires, what you were looking for, what you were trying to get. And you get used to using people. You become numb. You don't even care if it hurt them. You don't even care if you did them wrong. You don't even care if you disrespected them because you're just used to using people. You've justified your actions. Third thing you'll find is this, you'll, you'll get desperate. <laughs> you'll get desperate. You'll settle for less. I'm telling you, I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen. You'll start to settle for, for less respect. You, you know, man, I'm not getting the respect I should be getting or the honor I should be getting in this relationship, but it's a relationship. The intentionality isn't there. The boundaries that you tried to set keep getting extended beyond your consent. But you're like, I guess it's, it is what it is. And can we just agree, whether you're a Jesus follower in the room tonight or not, can we just agree on something? Desperate dating is dangerous dating. De desperate dating is dangerous dating. When you're desperate, you'll make decisions that you regret. This is true basically in every area of your life, but especially in, in relationships. If you don't love who you are now, then you won't love who you are when you're dating. So why do you wanna date? That's the first question. The second question is this, are, are, are you dateable? <laughs> are you dateable? Now notice, pay attention here, notice I did not ask, are you available? And this is, this is intentional because your availability does not imply that you are capable to date. Like your availab availability to date doesn't mean that you have capabilities to date, at least not to date well. Like I guess anybody can date but not everyone can date well. And some of you, when it comes to this question, are you dateable, your response would be like, yeah, I am. Like I've got some things to work on Matt, but, but I'm dateable. The problem is, is I just haven't found the right person. If I found the right person, then everything would work itself out. I just gotta find the right person. And even the things I'm struggling with, it, it would all work out, it'd all be cool. I need to find the right person. So I'm, I'm just looking for the right person. And that can so easily become our primary dating strategy that we just need to find the right person. But tonight I want you to hear me on this. Stop looking for the right person and start becoming the right person. I'm telling you, stop, stop looking for the right person. Who matters? But focus on you more than who. Stop looking and start becoming. Another way I could say it, a bounce off question is this. Are you even the person that the person you're looking for is looking for, right? Like if you happen to bump into the right person, are you currently becoming the person that the person you're looking for would actually be looking for? You have to be honest with yourself on this question because if the answer is no, then you can look all day long, but you gotta pause and you gotta stop looking and start becoming. When you're available to date, people will always ask you the question, hey, are you looking? 
Like, are you putting yourself out there? Are you looking? I think a better question is, are you becoming? And if you focused on, on becoming as mo- much as you focused or even close as the amount of you focus on finding the right person, then I'm just telling you, your dating life would transform. If you don't believe me, then try it out for a few months. Just kind of pause looking. I'm not saying you can't look at all, but just mainly focus on becoming the right person rather than looking for the right person. And I'm telling you, your dating life, it, it could transform. Who is important? It matters. But focus on you more than who, and it'll prepare you to become the healthiest version of yourself for whenever who may arrive. Because no person can fully and finally satisfy and fulfill your deepest longings and needs and desires as a human being. Now, I've got some good news, some bad news and some good news. Some bad news is this, when it comes to dating, the Bible, the scriptures, they don't have much at all to say about finding the right person. Like it's it's not really there. But when it comes to dating, the scriptures talk a lot about what it looks like to become the right person. And that's the good news. So tonight, we're just gonna take a look at a couple passages that I think if you apply these to your life, it can help you start to become the right person. And so this Apostle Paul wrote this, the Apostle Paul wrote over two thirds of the New Testament. And he writes this, one of the most famous chapters of scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, Paul is writing to the believers, to the church in Corinth. And this is what he says. He says, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. So Paul says, hey, love that seeks to get, it's a selfish love. And in fact, if you break it down, it's really not a love at all. But this kind of love seeks nothing in return. It's selfless, it's an other's first type of love. It's the love that Jesus modeled for us while he was here on this earth. So let me just break this down a little bit for you. And we're gonna speed through this, but but stick with me. Apostle Paul says, love is patient, meaning it's not pushy. It, It waits on the other person. Love creates space for, for growth. It's not expecting perfection, but it's, 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 it's expecting progress and it creates space for that, for the other person to make progress. Love makes decisions now that you'll be grateful for later. He goes on, he says, love is kind, it's considerate. It responds to the other person with tenderness and compassion. And kindness is a word that honestly doesn't get like enough credit in the English language because it's what we say about people when we don't know what else to say about that person. You've been there, right? It's like, well, what do you think about Maggie? And you're like, well, I don't know. She's, she's really kind. <laughs> like, she's a kind person, I guess, you know? Because we just think that kindness is like a passive word. And it's like, yeah, they're kind, like they're, they're nice. When, when kindness is not a passive word at all, it's a, it's a powerful term because it actually means to lend another person your strength and capacity. Paul's saying love is kind, love does not envy. Envy says, if I feel bad about myself, then I can't let you feel good about you. And love says the opposite. Love says, no, 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 I'm not gonna envy. I'm for you regardless of how I feel about me in this moment. Love is patient, love is kind, love does not envy. It doesn't, it doesn't boast, it is not, not proud. Saying, hey, hey, I don't always have to one-up you. 
Like, I, I don't always have to be the one that's, that's right. I, I don't always have to take, take credit for what's going on in this relationship. It goes on, it says, it does not dishonor others. Meaning that love chooses to, to put the other person first. Love says, hey, I'm gonna make decisions that aren't gonna lead you down a path of regret in your life. Fellas, lean in for a second. Love does not objectify the other person. If, if your goal, hold on, if, if your goal when you go out on the weekends, I'm, I promise I'm gonna try to be fair in, in this whole discussion, like throughout this series. But guys, ladies, I'm gonna come to you in a second, so don't just chill. <laughs> guys, if when you go out on the weekends, your goal is just to try to get that person back to your apartment, that's not love. That's not love. Love isn't self-seeking. It's not looking to get, get, get what you want. Love isn't easily angered. It seeks to understand and listen before you respond and act. Have you ever overreacted to something someone said or did, and then later on you felt dumb? You're like, why did I act like that? Like love's not easily angered. Love clicks pause before you respond. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love doesn't keep score. If something's off, if something's bothering you, then, then bring it up. Don't just rack up the score in your mind of like, oh, there's another tally for what they did to make me mad. Ladies, it's your turn. <laughs> this is just an observation. Guys, we can struggle with this too. And can I just say this, ladies, like, honestly, when it comes to this conversation, I think y'all like are ahead of the game. Like, guys, we, we, we probably have more things to work on. And that's me saying that as a man, but ladies, Y'all can be really good at holding grudges over one another. Let, let me play this out for you really quick. Okay, I have seen girls before and you, you're like, oh my gosh, so good to see you. How are you? It's been so long. I love you, girl. Yeah, let's catch up next week. And then you walk away and 30 seconds later, you meet up with another girl and you're like, I hate her. <laughs> no, for real, for real. She borrowed my shirt two years ago and she never gave it back. I hate that girl can't stand her. Unfollowed her on Instagram like 18 months ago. She don't even know it. <laughs> Y'all. Love, love doesn't do that. Love doesn't withhold the grace and the forgiveness that you've already received. It keeps no record of wrongs. Hey, can I challenge you with something? What would happen if you put your name in place of love? Matt is patient. Sometimes, Matt is not proud. I think I got work to do. Matt, Matt is not easily angered. Man, sometimes it's a struggle. What would happen if you put your name there? What would be true? If you wanna take it the next step to like a little bit further, ask someone you're close to, hey, which of these do I struggle with the most? Just a little bit later, the apostle Paul writes this in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 11. He says, when I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, when I grew up, I put the ways of childhood behind me. TLR, hear me on this. A child believes in fairy tales. A child believes things like when you meet the right person, everything will be fine. That's a Disney type of love. That's childish. A child only considers themselves. 
A child is incapable of looking ahead beyond the here and now. And let me just say this, the way that you love now is the way that you'll love later. Guys, the way that you treat your mother is a really good indicator of how you're one day gonna treat and honor and respect your future spouse. I'm for real. Pay attention. I know, I know early on we were like, oh, is it a red flag if it's too much of a mama's boy? I'm not talking about that. I'm saying the way that you honor and respect your mom is a good indicator of one day the way that you're gonna honor and respect your broad. So pay attention to that. And let me just let you in on something. Engagement, marriage, it doesn't just flip the love switch and make you a pro. No, marriage doesn't make you capable. It makes you accountable. Like this type of love that Paul's talking about, this selfless others first love, it takes practice, but the best dating strategy, I'm convinced of it. If you wanna walk the path of living out a love like Paul is talking about, the best dating strategy is for you to focus on you more than who? Focus on you more than who? It's the dating strategy that will help you become the right person. It's not about perfection, but it is about progress. This is about becoming the healthiest version of yourself. It's about setting healthy expectations for another person in a dating relationship. It's about knowing your worth so you don't settle. It's about becoming full and confident so that you're not looking for people to give you what they were never and they could never give you. When you focus on becoming the right person, let me let you in on something. You actually take a giant step towards finding the right person and you set yourself up for the right person to find you. So for some of you, you just need to shift your dating strategy. You need, to, you need to tweak it. You just need a new strategy. Focus on you more than who. For others of you, can I just say this? In love, you might need to take a break from dating. I don't know for how long. Maybe it's a few weeks, maybe it's a few months, maybe it's longer. But you might just need to say, hey, you know what? I need to give myself some space. I need time to heal. And you may just need to say, you know, you set the amount of time for three months. I'm not dating. I'm not reading my DMs. I'm, I'm not. I, I need to give myself the gift of time and I need to heal or I need to focus on the person that I'm becoming. I need that. So as we wrap up, I know there's some people in the room who you believe that you're never gonna find love because you think you're not worth loving. You feel like you've messed up too many times. In fact, you were nervous to come tonight because you knew that this conversation had the potential to uncover the greatest sources of shame in your life. That when you think about love, sex and dating, you feel a lot of shame. It's different than guilt. Guilt says I did something bad. Shame says I am something bad. For some of you, you've been getting buried by the weight of shame and you feel so much condemnation over your life. And so you hear this and you're like, I'll never find love because I'm not worthy of it. Can I just tell you, that's not the way God sees you. 
In fact, if that's you, I'm so glad you're here tonight because my prayer, our team's prayer all week long in preparation for this series has been that throughout these next few weeks that you would feel a breath of freedom come over your life that you would feel released from any shame and condemnation that you might feel, that no matter what your past says when it comes to this, no matter how many times you've messed up, no matter how many people have told you, hey, you're not worth loving. No, 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 that's not true. You are worth loving. Jesus came and he died for you. He died for your past, present and future mistakes. He came and he said, no, you're worth loving. There's an invitation on the table for every single person in this room. There's an invitation on the table for you to receive love from the author of it. Like how amazing is that? There's an invitation for you to step into a relationship with the one who invented relationships. And that's the best place to start if you wanna pursue healthy relationships. Like this is a great dating strategy, but honestly, until you figure this out, the rest is gonna kind of be out of order. So I wanna give some of you the opportunity tonight to say, man, I wanna receive Jesus. I want hope, I want life, I want peace, I want joy. So Jesus brings, he doesn't change all the circumstances in your life, but he certainly gives you a new perspective. So if you would, would you all just bow your heads, close your eyes just for a moment of concentration and if tonight's the night that you wanna put your faith and trust in Jesus for the very first time, I'm just gonna invite you to pray this prayer. Just say, Heavenly Father, I confess that I'm a sinner in desperate need of a savior. I believe that you sent Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. And tonight I'm choosing to put my faith and trust in Jesus' death and resurrection. And I wanna follow Jesus from this day forward the best way that I know how. If you can keep your heads bowed just for a moment longer, if you just prayed that prayer and just put your faith and trust in Jesus for the first time tonight, if you could, could you just with all heads bowed, could you just pick your head up and make eye contact with me? Maybe even just shoot your hand up a little bit so I can see you, heads are bowed, yeah. I love to try to identify the people in the room. I see y'all, I see you. I see y'all, I'm looking back here, yeah. Yeah, oh man. Hey, y'all can pick your heads up and if you would, you, you can stand with me for just a moment. We're gonna close out in a response in just a second of telling Jesus how amazing he is. But here's what I wanna share with you is that there's a number of people, I, 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 quite a few, at least 10 that I counted, who tonight just put their faith and trust in Jesus for the very first time. And I think it's worth celebrating with them of saying that's the greatest decision you could ever make with your life. And so man, tonight we're gonna respond and close out this service, this gathering with this song that just says, Jesus, you're worthy. It says you're the name above all names. And so man, in these final few moments, even if you're not there yet, even if you don't know if, if you trust Jesus with your life yet, I just want you to ask yourself the question in these final few moments, what if this is true? What if Jesus is actually what's been missing in your life? What if Jesus is actually the relationship you've been desiring most? 
And so, man, what an opportunity we have tonight to close out this gathering, just to sing. So Jesus, receive our praise in this moment. You're worthy. We love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. If you want to stay connected, follow us on Instagram at The Living Room ATL. Remember, TLR fam, we love you, we're for you, and we'll see you next time.